Shalom Lachem. Welcome to the Shmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. Today I'm visiting with Amanda Miriam K. Siegel, a Yiddish singer, songwriter, actor, and recording artist and research librarian specializing in Yiddish language and culture. She works at the Dorot Jewish Division of the New York Public Library. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you. It's really um, a treat to have you on for a visit. I know you are one busy person. <laughs> I'm so delighted that you could take a little bit of time to chat with me today. Um, and as I alluded to in your introduction, you have many Yiddish related talents. And I wondered to begin with, if you could just tell me a little bit about how you came to Yiddish. Well, actually, um, I was a student at the Yiddish Book Center long ago when um, the center just opened um, in its building that it's in today. And I studied with Henny Lewin. I had always been interested in the little bit of Yiddish that I heard um, at home. So I wanted to learn more. So I started studying Yiddish at the book center. Then I just um, ended up studying at Evo in the summer program and spent a lot of time working with native speakers. And it kind of became my career in, in many different um, fields. So, as you say, many different fields. I wonder if you can tell me a little bit about some of the work in all of these different um, arenas in which you perform and otherwise share scholarly um, and interesting aspects of Yiddish culture with others. Sure. Um, well, I'm a Yiddish singer and a songwriter in Yiddish, so I perform um, Yiddish music and compose it and write the lyrics. And, um, you know, I give concerts, I've made some recordings, and um, I also do occasionally voice work in Yiddish um, for films or audio projects. And um, I perform as a Yiddish actor in various productions. And um, that's kind of the performing um, element of it. That also involves quite a bit of research. Um, I have a lot of different print sources that I like to use for researching Yiddish music, such as sheet music and books. And I also um, work with a lot of uh, recorded materials as well. Um, and increasingly that's available online. And um, that actually, um, that's some of what I do, but I also um, work as a research librarian. I ended up at New York Public Library in the Durot Jewish Division because they were looking for someone with Yiddish language skills. And um, I happened to be looking for a library job at the time. I actually had worked in libraries um, on and off for several years. And I thought about becoming a librarian. So it was a great um, fit for me. So, um, you know, in my daily work, uh, working with Yiddish, it involves helping researchers that are um, looking at something Yiddish related, I would actually estimate that about a third of the questions that we get um, in my division, the Dorot Jewish division have to do with something connected with Yiddish, whether it's looking at a Yisker book, genealogy or some type of historical research. Um, so it's very common to get those kinds of questions. And I know that we work a lot with the Yiddish Book Center, for example, on the Yisker book um, project that I mentioned. Um, and on other, other literature-related projects. And so um, I, I help researchers with, with Yiddish. I occasionally do um, translation. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so much. <laughs> I think people are surprised to hear that 
there is Yiddish content at the New York Public Library. I mean, we do work collaboratively on the Yisker Book Project, but can you talk a little bit more about what that collection's all about? Because I think you surfaced some really interesting work. Sure. So um, the Derote Jewish Division has existed since 1897, and it's actually one of the world's largest Judaica collections. Um, we estimate we have maybe around 250,000 um, items, but um, there is also a huge backlog. Um, <laughs> so we're still we're still sort of counting. But it's a huge, it's one of the world's you know, largest and most comprehensive Judaica collections. And about 40% um, of the collection is in the Hebrew alphabet. And um, a lot of that is Hebrew, but also Yiddish, uh, Judeo-Arabic, Ladino, other Jewish languages that are written in the Hebrew alphabet. And we estimate that we have about 20,000 um, items in Yiddish, but that's just an estimate. And that includes everything from um, literature to sheet music. We have a rich collection of Yiddish theater materials like um, posters, playbills. Uh, also, we have quite a few um, manuscripts and typescripts from the Yiddish theater. We have also Nochem um, Stuchkov's um, radio scripts from WEVD. And um, it's a huge, huge part of our collection. And because the collection started in the late 19th century, it sort of grew along with the proliferation of Yiddish culture at its high point. So the library just tried to collect, you know, as much as possible. And that's why we have such a rich collection today. Yeah, it's, it is amazing. Um, and do you, I'm just curious in the same way that we keep getting an um, an onslaught, waves of Yiddish books being donated, do you find that you continue to add to the collection? Definitely, although we're a little bit different um, than the book center in that we don't collect duplicates. So if we already own a book as a research library, we're not, we generally don't accept a second copy unless it's, there's something artifactually unique about it, like a signature or something that makes it different or, or particularly special. So we do get um, inquiries and we, we send them to the book center, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, we say, we've got a great place for you. And we've even, I mean, we've even donated items, you know, occasionally our duplicates. So um, we do occasionally get those inquiries off. Often we get um, inquiries from someone who might have like a historical, you know, manuscript or photograph or diary or something at home and they want, you know, to maybe donate it to the library or they just want to know more about the item. Is there one particular item that you've come across that really resonates with you? Oh, there's, there's a lot. I mean, I, I love the Yiddish theater posters. Um, I worked with them and actually we managed to digitize about 400 of them. And I love, I love the Yiddish theater posters because I love the, um, the images of artists. And I also just love Sometimes the advertising is just really flowery and, um, you know, they often, um, they would time the opening of the theater season to the high holidays. So you get these advertisements where it's like, you know, special performance for Cholamoy and Sukkot, or like we're opening the season for Rosh Hashanah with this big play. So <laughs> I, I love those. And I love the, um, I love the sort of over the top, um, photographs of Yiddish theater artists, you know, posing or in the middle of a scene. I, I just, 
I love those old black and white photos. Yeah, I, I found myself getting lost and looking at some of what you've digitized there. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it is truly a trove. And I would imagine some of it um, is content that you can mine for your own work, yes? Absolutely. I mean, I, I've become really interested in, for example, the actress Jenny Goldstein, who has a number of photographs and posters in the library's collection. And... Um, actually ended up putting together an illustrated tribute to her life. Um, but yeah, I just, sometimes I just see something and I want to know more about it. So as a result, I started doing a lot more research about her and I contacted the Library of Congress and I, I read one of her, one of the plays that um, she was in, in a role that was written for her. And it was just fascinating. Well, it's a good way to segue into something that you are currently doing. As I said, you are anything if idle. Um, so I found my way to your Facebook, it's Yidforsh group. Um, and I will give credit where credit is due at the urging of our bibliographer, David Mazauer. Um, and I'm not a Yiddish scholar, I'm not a Yiddish speaker, but um, what you've created is just brilliant in terms of the way that you're engaging that that scholarly um, audience. Um, so tell me how you came to think about doing this um, and how it's grown since you've launched that. Well, to be honest, I don't remember when I launched it. I think it was several years ago. I actually have to take a look at the Facebook page and get the statistics. But I guess now there's a lot more Facebook groups and there's just been this huge explosion, obviously, of online content during the pandemic. And now there's specific groups for Yiddish writers, Yiddish radio enthusiasts, for teachers. But um, at the time, there wasn't anything um, really devoted to Yiddish research. And I believe there isn't anything that's specifically um, a Yiddish research group that exists on Facebook other than this. So I started this group as a place where people could sort of virtually gather to ask questions and answer questions, support each other, because we're quite a global community. Um, you know, there's people all over the world researching different things and we really, we really don't have a central place where people can ask research questions. It could be something about, you know, a translation that somebody's working on and they're not sure about a word, or it could be they're looking for um, the relatives or heirs of Yiddish writer. It could be that maybe they heard a word at home that they thought was Yiddish and they're not sure what it is, so they're trying to get more information. So there's quite a range. It could just be people who have no Yiddish background whatsoever and they're just interested in learning more. And right now we have about, I believe we have about 3,700 members. For me, what's just fascinating is to, to sort of scroll through, and I'm hoping you can give me a couple of examples of some of your favorite results, but I know, you know, a picture might be posted of a group of Yiddish writers or actors or musicians, whatever, and people need to figure out who's who. And within just minutes, I watch these threads grow. And as you say, you're just, you're reaching people. It's the greatest use of the internet, <laughs> an example. So can you talk about a couple of these kinds of queries that get um, interesting results or surface information, which then goes, um, you know, and has a life of its own, whether in, you know, in a book or other scholarly um, work that's going on in the field. Sure. I mean, there's so many 
so many interesting examples, but one from just maybe a month ago, I actually got, um, I got an email from a scholar of, I think primarily Russian history that was, had come across a work of Russian literature that referred to um, kind of a fictionalized version of a Yiddish writer that they thought was based on a real person. And um, actually they referred to this passage where they were quoting from a poem and they talked about the content of the poem. And they asked if I could look in a particular book to see if I could find the poem in there. And so I looked in the book and it was quite rare. It was like, I believe something that hasn't even been digitized by the book center yet. It was something actually published, um, I think in the mid to late forties in the Soviet Union. And it was in pretty brittle condition. So I looked through this whole book which is also written in the Soviet orthography which is really interesting as well. And I don't find anything that seems to correspond to that poem. So I posted on Yidforsh and like almost right away, I hear from somebody who says, oh, you should contact this specific professor who's done research in this area. And the professor like immediately starts um, quoting the original poem and says, actually, this was attributed to a different writer, not the writer that um, they thought it was and provides the text of the poem. And then I was able to connect um, that professor with the other professor that was researching the original topic who um, actually didn't read Yiddish. So mm -hmm. I was really happy that it was just this really obscure question. And, um, you know, just through teamwork, we were able to answer it. So that, that made me really happy. Um, also, there's a lot of people that um, are just, they're working on, they're working with primary sources. And one of the issues that, you know, we frequently encounter is the spelling is just really weird. It's not standard Yiddish. It's not the standard Yiddish that, um, you know, you teach at the book center or that they teach at Evo. It's just um, the spelling is really different and they might even have um, words from other languages like Polish or Russian or English mixed in. And those are the hardest words to read, honestly. It's like, you're looking at this word and you're like, what could that be? And then you realize, oh, George Washington, you know, it's like <laughs> something that would be obvious in English. So anyway, um, we have like, um, we have uh, people that are working with these texts and uh, I don't want to say any names because I want to protect the confidentiality of, of the researchers, but, um, you know, some will just post this song text and say, I'm trying to figure out what this means. And then someone will provide a suggestion and another person will provide a suggestion and they're able to, you know, figure out this really weird text with really weird spelling and all kinds of non-standard language. And that's, you know, that makes me feel really good because then these, um, you know, these pieces of, these questions result in pieces of scholarship. They result in, you know, somebody being able to um, publish their song or publish their work of scholarship about literature. And it's, it's really exciting to see that. Yeah, I mean, I think there must be a tremendous impact on scholarship. And the other thing that I have to give you great credit for is the creation of this community. It's so collaborative. And again, just to read the threads of the back and forth as people work through puzzling out an answer um, and the commitment to it. And I, and I wonder if you're sort of surprised that 
what's resulted from the site these, you know, four years later? It's been only four years. Wow. Oh, oh has that been, wait, how long has it been? I'm sorry. I don't know. I actually. Oh, oh okay. These, these years later, how about that? Sorry. Sure. Yeah. I use it so often. I just take it for granted. I don't even think about that. But yeah. I mean, I've noticed that some people are super, super active and they're people that are either professionals in the field or they have like a level of professional knowledge. That's really amazing. And they're just so helpful. Um, you know, it's, we have really strict um, guidelines about what people are allowed to post. And, you know, if they seem like they're being disrespectful or anything like that, people will like basically, you know, um, make a note of that. And then we have to remove them or remind them of the rules, but people will help with amazing things. I mean, I had a really, I had a question about linguistics that was really specific and a bunch of people right away, they, they helped me out and they kind of explained, you know, the different linguistic standards. And then like, it was really helpful for me personally. I was writing an article about um, Yiddish research and language, how Yiddish is transliterated in different alphabets. And um, I got a lot of help and a lot of really interesting feedback from researchers around the world about how they how they, you know, the problems they see in, in catalogs and databases where Yiddish is not transliterated properly or the different standards. Like for example, there's a linguistic standard for transcribing texts that I, I learned a little bit more about that was really helpful. So yeah, it's been, it's been great. And we also have like a lot of, um, a lot of professional translators that will be working on maybe a handwritten um, manuscript and they'll, They'll say, you know, I'm having trouble with this word. Can somebody help me read it? And people will totally help them. And it's, it's really wonderful to see that. And um, do you have any different plans for the future or growing this or? Wow. Well, I might need to take on some more moderators. Um, I try to, I try to, um, you know, check it several times a day. And I do have a co-moderator. But um, yeah, I mean, I've thought it might be nice to actually host live events um, where people can talk about their research, but I haven't gotten to <laughs> that point yet. I think um, it's a little bit more than, than I can handle right now, but I'm still just so happy to see people posting every day and see the great help that they get. And if you have ideas about how to expand it, I would, I would love to hear. Well, uh, we will stay in touch on that one because <laughs> um, I, I really think what you've done is just extraordinary and, and really important and, and fascinating as well. As I say, I mean, it just, just to see what goes back and forth and, and with lightning speed in many cases. And it's all, um, you know, it's it's very mindful and it's factually correct. And people really work hard to get things right, which you have to respect. Yeah, I think the interaction is a really nice part of it because we still have, um, there's a really excellent um, Yiddish listserv for language and literature. You might be familiar with it called Mendela that's been around for a long time. And it used to be that if you wanted to um, ask a question like, do you know the heirs of this Yiddish writer? You would have to write to Mendela and then wait a few weeks for them to send out the announcement and then see if anybody 
answers you, but here you can get results almost instantly and you have access to like a really big um, community. So I, I still love Mendela and I love that they send out these announcements and they're really great, but it's sort of grown to a different, um, a different speed <laughs> in this venue. Um, yeah, I think in all of these instances where you find these connections, I mean, we see it in public programs here, in the magazine, in, in all these different ways that you're reaching a global audience, even if it's, you know, not a huge audience, uh, people surface with information that would otherwise never have connected um, to aspects of a project, which is just, it's really great. And I think it makes everything move at kind of lightning speed. Um, so are you doing any current acting or singing projects? Oh, uh, well, right now, um, live performance is not having, happening, obviously, but I'm preparing for um, a program actually with one of the book center's translators, Sholem Berger. He, mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you know that he recently translated um, some of the works of Avram Sutzkever, and he's having a book release party. So I'm um, going to be dramatically reading a couple of Sutzkever's works, which are really He's just a fascinating writer. And I actually, I did a project before, before the pandemic, I did a project with Shane Baker um, called Dortmund was Nächtigen die Stern, which is actually based on some of Sutzkever's work, which we um, dramatized um, with the help of um, Beata Hein and the director Moishe Yasur. And that was really exciting. So I'm hoping to return to that eventually. But um, in the meantime, I'm actually um, working on a performance based on the work of the Broder Singer, the Broder Singers, who, was the, who were the first um, Yiddish actors. Uh, before there was a Yiddish theater, you know, with Avram Goldfaden in 1876, about 20 years earlier, there were these um, Yiddish actors, very primitive, who would just travel around and put on these very, um, very primitive performances. And so I've been researching their um, their repertoire, and I'm putting together a show based on based on their work. Great. Well, um, thank you so much for joining me, and again for everything you do um, on so many Yiddishly related fronts. So I hope you'll stay in touch and keep working and drink lots of coffee to keep you going because I think you're twenty four seven. Thank you, Lisa. And thank you so much for the work of the Yiddish Book Center. I really I wouldn't have been able to start learning Yiddish when I did without you and I wouldn't have access to all these wonderful materials without the book center. And I particularly love the um, OCR function now that you have on the site, which is just incredible for research. So thank you for your work as well. Well, thank you. Yeah, we're, we're excited and we're always looking for stories about OCR because it's it's also revealing really interesting finds, which is great. Um, so thank you so much, stay well, and we hope to have you back here when we can open the doors again. Thank you. All right, take care. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To subscribe to this and other podcasts, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. I'm Sarah Blakefeld. Be well, be healthy, and tune in again soon. Mm -hmm.